Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. And uh, we are in our last week of a three-week series called Limitless. We started this on Easter Sunday, and uh, really my spirit, um, I started this series because I really felt like I shared this a couple times. I don't want to keep sharing the same thing over and over, so I want to be careful on that. But um, I really felt like during this COVID time, if we're not careful, and and I'm a pastor, I 100%, so I don't think that you come to church, I don't believe that COVID's real. I believe COVID's real, 100%. In fact, next weekend, I'll be here, but after church, we're taking off to go uh, be a part of my, a good friend of mine, his celebration of life uh, in Vegas because of COVID. And, uh, but I also believe that if we're not careful, we can allow that the whole fear and the media and everything that's taking place around us, we can all of a sudden allow that fear to start gripping areas of our life outside of COVID. I've seen people who are struggling spiritually like never before because of all of a sudden being in a kind of a lockdown mode and a limited lifestyle mode. And, and I really believe that God has never intended us to live in fear. I would like for you guys to do some homework this week. I want you to search through your Bible, and I want you to find a scripture where it says in the Bible, you're to live by fear. And please bring it to me, because I have never found it. The Bible says we're to live by faith. The only thing that we have fear of, and it's a reverent fear, it's not the kind of fear we think about, it's more of an honoring fear, a reverent fear, is of God himself. Because of who he is. He's the almighty God. Outside of that, we're not, called, we're not called to fear anything. And I really believe that one of the things that we have as Christians, as followers of Christ, is we have a supernatural power that we need to um, step into. It's the very spirit of God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that can help us to walk this daily life. Because sometimes life gets hard. Amen? And when life gets hard, guess what? It's the Spirit of God that could carry us, carries through. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. That's what I want you to embrace today. Um, over the last three weeks, we've been talking, or the last two weeks, we've been talking about pushing past the limits of our life so that we can honor God as we follow Jesus. On Easter Sunday, I talked about the first step is having just the faith to believe. To believe that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrection power, is the same power that lives in us. That's what the Bible says. You remember I talked about Thomas. He was one of the 12 disciples. And Thomas missed out on seeing Jesus after his resurrection. And Thomas was upset about that. And he told the other, his friends, I don't know if it's embarrassment, but he said, I am not going to believe unless I can touch the nail prints of Jesus' hands and put my hand in his side. And he said, I'm not going to believe. He's known as Doubting Thomas, and I have his name. So it frustrated me. So we cleared that up, that Thomas is no longer known as Doubting Thomas. Because we understand this. I want you to follow along with me. Eventually, Thomas, because of his doubts, never turned away from Christ. He just needed a personal revelation of Christ. And Jesus appeared to him and said, hey, don't be faithless any longer. It's time to believe. And then Thomas stepped out in faith and believed. So that first step of limitless is understanding that even if you have doubts, even if you're wondering, let your doubts lead you to Jesus, not away from Jesus. Amen? The second thing that we were talking about, and I always forget this, Jeremiah 29, 13. It's a promise. I want you to write it down. Jeremiah 29, 13. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. 
That's a promise from God. Last week I shared the second step in a living, living a limitless life is to live a humbled life. Without humility, you will never find the favor of God. The Bible states that God leads the humble. He exalts the humble. He gives favor to the humble. But to the proud, the Bible says that the, to the proud, that God actually opposes you. I don't need God opposing me. I got enough people opposing me. I don't need God opposing me. You know what I'm saying? I need God on my side. Amen? And God is on your side when you put down your pride and you receive in humility the power of God in your life. The proud rejects God's authority. The proud rejects God of who he is. Being opposed, to, being opposed to God is not a fun place to live life. But that's what happens when we allow our pride to lead us. Catch this. That's what happens when we allow our pride, ourselves, to lead us instead of allowing God to lead us. And the story I, sh- I shared in that, if you haven't heard it, go back last week and listen to it, about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There were three Hebrew young men that were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. And they, the reason they were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace is because they made a choice that they were not going to bow down. They were not going to acquiesce to the King Nebuchadnezzar. They made a choice that, guess what? We're going to submit under God's authority. That's the only authority that, if, if, if you're going against God's authority, we're going to submit under God's authority, even to the point of death. You know what God did? God rescued them from the fire. Not only did they God rescue them, that promise came true that, guess what? He gives favor to the humble and he opposes the proud. King Nebuchadnezzar, his heart was changed and he exalted those three young men into higher positions than ever before because they were willing to step in humility before God. That's what can happen in our life when we humble ourselves before Christ. Today I want to share with you this thought, and I kind of already led into it. The only way that we're going to live a limitless life is if we're willing to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this requires that we become obedient to the Holy Spirit. And when I say Holy Spirit, Pastor, I don't understand. What's the Holy Spirit? It's the Spirit of God. It's nothing. It's, it's the Spirit of God. Just like Jesus is the Son of God, Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of God. It's choosing to follow the Spirit of God over the desires of our flesh. Anybody have any fleshly desires? Don't lie to me. Raise your hand. Come on. You know what I'm, you guys. Right. We all have fleshy. But you know what? We can make a choice to follow after Christ and not our fleshly desires. Think about this. Just by our nature as human beings, we are limited. We are limited by our knowledge. We are limited by our physical bodies. I have limitations. I can't be here and over in Fiji at the same time. I can't. My physical body limits me. We are limited by our weaknesses. We get tired, we get sick, we get hungry, we lack strength at times in our life. Jesus knew this. He was with his, his disciples when he was here on this earth for three, for, for three, three and a half years. But for three and a half years, he was with his disciples. And he recognized the limitations on their life. Even Jesus himself recognized his limitations. It talks about in the Bible, he got tired. But see, Jesus understood that he could tap into the very spirit of God because that's who Jesus was or is. He tapped in the very Spirit of God, and he could push past the physical limitations and walk by the Spirit of God. The author of Hebrew writes these words where Jesus is able to sympathize us with our weaknesses because he was tempted in every way that we are, but without sin. So Jesus walked a very similar life of you and me, but he was able to walk it. I want you to catch this thought because then we're going to go somewhere. He was able to walk it without sin. Now, we... 
don't have that ability because we're born into sin. And we also, live, until we find Christ, we do, we're, we're struggling in that area and we, we make mistakes in life. But I want to take you down a road here today. I think it will help each and every one of us. Because sometimes I feel limited in my life. Anybody out there, am I the only one? Have you ever felt limited where all of a sudden you just feel restricted in life? Feel like you don't have control? Feel like the troubles of life sometimes are just too much? Like, I can't do this anymore. You know what I'm saying? You get, get to that point and you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this teenager. What am I, what, God, why do you have teenage years? You know what I'm saying? And you just ask God why that's taking place. And you follow through that. Or the terrible twos or whatever it might be. We don't have terrible twos, but we experienced it. So whatever. Anyhow. But I was thinking about it. Think about the difficulties that Jesus faced while he was on, here on earth. And yet he became our savior. And he overcame the power of sin. But Pastor Tom, Jesus was the Son of God. I'm not. This is true, and I'm glad that you recognize that you're not the Son of God. It's a good step. Jesus was fully God, or is fully God. Not was. Jesus is fully God. But may I remind you that Jesus was fully human? John 1.14 says that the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus. The Word became flesh. And in Luke 2.52 it says, and Jesus, now catch this, it says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Meaning that even though Jesus was fully God, he took on flesh. He came to this world as an infant. Have you ever thought about that? Why didn't Jesus just come as a, Full-grown man. Why did he have to come as an infant? Jesus didn't come in human flesh as an adult. He came as a baby. And it says that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You see, Jesus' divine nature is deity. He literally has the spirit of God with him. And as I was thinking about this whole thought... It was the Spirit of God that gave him wisdom and, and, and increased his stature, increased everything about his life because he was walking. He is deity. He was walking. But yet he was fully human. And I started thinking about when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, there's something in our lives when we accept Christ as our Savior that we're given the very Spirit of God, the very Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, the very Spirit of God that brought Jesus from his tiredness and into, into a, a way where he could go beyond his physical abilities, the very Spirit of God that gave him the power to overcome sin and not to sin, the very Spirit of God that Jesus was walking with is the very Spirit of God that's living inside of you. Pastor Tom, what area of my life, said it wrong, but it's okay. What area of my life, you can ask the same question about yourself, that I am putting limits on me that I should not have limits because I have the Spirit of God in me, working through me each and every day. Jesus didn't come in human flesh. He came as a, a child. I think there was a powerful symbolism there. We need to recognize that that same power is working in and through us. Look at the following promise that Jesus gives to his disciples. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. And he, and he shares this towards the end of his ministry, public ministry, because he knows he's going away. He shares these words to his disciples. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 
The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him. But you know him. But catch this. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, you ever, let's just take that last sentence for just a second. But you know him because he lives with you now. What does that mean? You know him because Jesus is with you guys. The 12 disciples, Jesus is walking with you each and every day for three and a half years. You know him because Jesus is with you. But there's going to be a day that he's not only going to be with you, he's going to be in you. The very power of his spirit. You see, Jesus knew that his disciples were going to face difficulties. He knew that they were going to face things that were beyond themselves. And he wanted them to live a limitless life. Therefore, he was giving them a gift. The Father in heaven was giving them a gift that was beyond themselves. It was a gift that would lead them and direct them. Look at that that last word. You know him because he is living with you right now. The very spirit of God living with you. Jesus was unable to be with his disciples 24-7. We know this. You can read scripture. You can read the gospels. There were some times that he was with James and John on their own. The other disciples were, sometimes he would, he would be on his own. He'd go into the wilderness and pray. He wasn't always with his disciples. And that's what he's trying to tell his disciples. But there is a day when I leave that, the, that our heavenly father is going to impart to you something so much more powerful than even what you're experiencing now. And that is the very spirit of God living in you. And we're living in that day as well, guys. We're living in that same time, that same opportunity where we can have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, Jesus knew if if the disciples were ever going to actually make a difference in this world, if they were ever going to actually uh, fulfill the plans that God had for their lives, they were going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. He knew they were going to need that power and that strength. It brings me to my first thought that I want to share with you today, and that is this. Obedience is the key to God's spirit. If you really want the Holy Spirit to have full access to your life, then you got to be willing to obey the Holy Spirit. Look at the statement again that Jesus gave his disciples in John 14, 15. If you love me, say it with me. Obey my commandments. It's not up there. If you love me, or maybe it is up there. Yeah, it is up. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you want to live a limitless life, then you can't have one foot following sin and one foot following Jesus. You have to be willing to jump in with both feet, choosing to follow Jesus with everything that you have. Not just a portion of who you are, but everything you are. You will never be a great football player by giving 50% effort. It just won't happen. You will never gain respect or be promoted at work by showing up half the time. Try that. Show up half the time to work and see what happens in your life. Just try it. Don't come crying to me after you. Pastor Tom told me. Don't be dumb. You'll never be a good husband or wife by giving a 50% commitment to your spouse. Tim, I need an illustration. Come up here real quick for me. Can you jump up here? Use the steps, please. Oh, no, it's fine. Show off. Look how he did that. I know, you did jump up here. This is a really dumb illustration. So I, 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 I'm, no, I'm calling you up here because he's my friend. And so I know he's going to forgive me on this. Can you stand facing the audience? I want your right foot to head in that direction. Okay. 
And then I want your left foot to head this direction. And then I want you to just keep going each, each direction. Why don't you right foot keep... And, you can't do it? You can't, you can't, right foot won't keep going that way and left foot won't keep going that way. You just, hey, come on, give it, how far can you go? Thank you, Tim. I know it's a super simple illustration. I know it's kind of, Pastor Tom, really, that's the best illustration that you can give. The thing I wanted to show you something that it's impossible for him to go in two different directions. Physically, it's impossible. And I know it's a simple illustration, but so many times I feel like that's what people do in their spiritual life. They have one foot, we're going to follow Jesus with this portion of my life. And I'm going to, I still like this area that I know God doesn't like, but I'm going to keep this foot over here. And then they wonder why spiritually they're going nowheres. You can't go anywheres. When you have one foot in one direction and another foot in another direction. The only way that you're going to have a successful, abundant, limitless life in Christ is by making a choice. I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to put both feet in the same direction. And guess what happens when you have both feet in the same direction? It's a miracle. You start walking towards that direction. You can start actually doing something that is more powerful than you can. Tr- you cannot do one, try to keep it in both, a foot in both camps. And so many people try to do that in their life. And it's impossible. And they'd wonder why they're not growing spiritually. I'm giving you some really good stuff here. And I just, I'd love to have someone down here just give me an amen real quick. Amen. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It doesn't work. One of the tor- tortures in the medieval days. It's kind of gruesome, so if you don't like gruesomeness, don't listen. Uh, one of the tortures in the medieval days is that they would actually take chains to a person. And they, they would chain their wrists, their, their, their feet, and then they'd have pulleys, and then they'd have horses on the end of those pulleys, and they'd start pulling on those horses, and they'd start pulling each limb a different direction. And it was a punishment. It was a torture. Eventually, if they just kept pulling, they would literally pull that person apart. And I watched that spiritually take place in people's lives where they have a foot in sin and they have a foot trying to follow Christ and they wonder why they have this all this unrest in their life and they're being pulled apart. And the reason they're being pulled apart because they're not committed to anything. And what happens in our life is when we choose to follow after Christ, when we choose to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, guess what? It sets us free from the chains. It sets us free from the bondage. It sets us free from those things that God never designed for our lives so that we can follow after Christ with our whole heart. You see, Jesus never asked for part of you. That's another scripture if you can find for me in the Bible. Find a scripture out there that says, Gee, I just want just a part of you, not all of you. If you could just give me like 10% of your life, I would be happy with that. You never see it. What does Jesus require? Matthew 16, 24 If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Catch this. We read this, and I don't know, for me, man, when I was a teenager, man, God, you asked so much of me. You know what I'm saying? Can we just get real sometimes? Can't can't you just, why do you ask, you know why he asked so much of you? Because he loves you. He loves you. That's why he asks so much of you. Because he recognizes if he doesn't have all of you, 
You'll never, he will, you will never be successful. You will never be successful spiritually. You're always going to stay in that same trapped situation, one foot going one way, one foot going the other way, and you go nowhere. And he wants all of you so he can take you somewhere. He wants all of you so that he doesn't want you to stay in nowhere land. He wants you to go to somewhere land. He wants to take you where he has designed for, from the very beginning the plans that he had for your life. Come on, let's, I like that. Let's go. I like that. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will love the one and hate the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't do both. Choosing to follow Jesus requires the willingness to surrender your sins to him, to surrender your faults to him, and then all of a sudden jump on his plan for your life. Many people think if you're following Jesus, your life is going to be miserable. I hate that. I do. I just like, why do you think that if you're following Jesus, it's going to make a miserable life? I think the only way to have an abundant life is following Jesus. The only way to have a, the, the most joyful life is choosing to follow Jesus. Because in, in following Jesus is where you find true fulfillment. See, when you follow your own life, you're living in a limited life. You're living in, in whatever you have planned for your life. And, and it might not be all sin. It might be some good stuff as well. But it's limited. When you step out of that and you choose to follow Christ, there's a whole new life that opens up in your life because all of a sudden you start to serve others, you start to love others, and you find this freedom, this fulfillment, and this joy that you never recognized that you could ever have. Following Jesus gets, beyond, gets you beyond your own little world and opens up a limitless opportunities to find pleasure and fulfillment by loving, helping, and serving others. It's creating an environment to see what God can do through you. And you will never discover this fulfillment by trying to please Jesus 50% of the time. Pastor Tom, it's a great message. But I kind of like that message on grace that you spoke a few weeks ago. I really like that one. Can you go back to the me grace message? So where does grace come in? And love for you to write this thought down. Grace gives us the power to overcome sin. Not to comply to sin. It doesn't mean that we don't sometimes sin. I get that. Because we're, we are human nature and we make mistakes. But grace is choosing to embrace God's forgiveness. And then choosing not to allow sin to lead our lives. It's choosing to be led by the Spirit. So let me give you kind of an illustration. What I think of that. How that looks for me in my life. I'm not doing this where I'm being pulled apart. I'm here. And I'm following after Christ. I'm following after his spirit. Now once in a while, I take a step over here. But when, if I'm being obedient to the spirit, if I'm being obedient to his life, I'll say, no, 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 Tom, get back over here. And I start walking with Christ again. Does that make sense? It's not, I'm, I'm not following after sin, even though sin sometimes happens. I'm following after the spirit of God. And that's what we have to do as followers of Christ. We follow after his spirit. We listen to the Holy Spirit. We listen to spiritual authority. He's choosing to bring, allow, even, even listening to the Holy Spirit is choosing to be, bring correction into your life. I don't know if you've ever had that before. Maybe it's a person that brought correction. Or maybe just the spirit of God, because I've had that happen multiple times. Usually, he doesn't usually call me idiot, but maybe dummy. You dummy, what are you doing? And I hear this voice in my life, I'm going, yeah, that was dumb. And I know it's the spirit of God. If, he, if the spirit of God is really mad, it says Westerfield. Westerfield! Just go along with me here. 
But by being obedient to the Spirit, what happens, I choose to not do this because I'm actually self-correcting, my, not self-correcting, I'm allowing the Spirit of God to bring me, to lead me, to correct the areas of my life that need correcting. You can't follow Jesus with a half heart. you got to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Another thought on how we live a limitless life is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's a powerful scripture. So not only is God working in you, but look at those four, four words in the middle of that sentence. Giving you the desire. Desire to do what? To please him. That's my second point. God's spirit gives you the desire. See, if you don't have the spirit of God in you, you'll never have the desire to follow after God. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us to Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to walk in Christ in, in our life. It's the spirit of God that gives us the desire to live beyond this limit of this world. Think of it this way. Hanging out with the Spirit of God will change you. Changes your desires. Changes the way you think. He changes you from a limited thought life to a limitless thought life. You might think that you're trapped in your thoughts. And God says, no, you're not trapped in those thoughts. You can be set free from those thoughts if you're willing to follow after me. According to the scripture, it's God who transforms us. But you have to be willing to obey his spirit. And it doesn't come without effort. You have to put your own effort in there. I was a kid. I grew up in Washington State. And my dad took a church in Sumner, Washington, which is next to Puyallup, which no one, if you ever see this really weird word, P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P, and never know how to say it, it's Puyallup. Okay, just giving you an idea. That's from Washington. And my, my, my dad was in Sumner. And uh, I was like seven or eight years old. And there was a kid in the church that I just thought he was amazing. He was, he, this kid was, he was going where places in life, guys. I mean, this guy was successful. He had his own newspaper route, okay? And uh, he was like 14, 15. For younger kids, a newspaper route was, uh, they used to take, <laughs> before the internet, okay, um, Someone explained to the other ones what newspaper route was. Anyhow, uh, so he had this newspaper route. So I'd hop on my bike because John was the coolest cat. I'd hop on my bike and I'd follow him around on this newspaper route, Sumner, where he's throwing the newspapers to the different doors. And I thought that was the most exciting thing. And I, I was, and I wanted to be like John. He was so cool. And I wanted to hang out with John and everything John did because I was hanging out with him. I wanted to do it. It was all, it, my plan was going so well until John did a science experiment on his mom's table and blew up her table. And then my parents said I couldn't hang out with John anymore. But I didn't understand that whole idea. But I share this whole story because this is a thought. I wanted to be like John. If we hang out with the Spirit, I want to be like Christ. It changes us. If we choose to hang out and be with obedient to the Spirit of God, it changes us so we have this desire in us to be like Christ. See, your environment will influence you. The environment that you set your life to will influence your life. You've probably heard the statement, tell me who you hang around with and I'll tell you who you will become. A limitless life is choosing to embrace God's spirit through obedience. Because then, guess what? We're going to become more and more like Christ. Receiving the desire of the spirit happens when we are willing to surrender to the spirit. And as I shared last week, what do you have to lose? 
really, I mean, to, to follow after Christ, to be, what do you have to lose? I know what happens on the other direction. Following after Christ can be so rewarding in your life. The alternative to obedience is a life that is limited by the sins and the pleasures of this world. And sin can be, sin can be joyful. Not joyful. Sin can be pleasurable. That's a better word. Temporary. It will not last, I guarantee it. And it will actually implode on you if you keep on walking down that road. The scripture in Philippians 2.13 says, can be, it can be, I, I, I was reading that scripture because it's so powerful and it started coming to me. I really felt, it was last night I was dr- flying home on the plane. And uh, I was just studying and thinking. And, and, uh, and I felt like the Lord just kind of put this in my heart and said, man, turn that scripture around, Philippians 2.13, and make it a prayer for your life. So the Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And I thought, man, turn that into prayer. God, work in me the desires of your heart and the power to do what pleases you. How cool would it be just to create that prayer in our life? Lord, God, work in me the desires of your heart. Because we know if we line up our desires to the desires of his life, there's nothing impossible. God, work in me the desires of your heart and the power to do what pleases you. The last thought I want to share with you today is this. It's God's spirit that gives us the power to do. Think about this thought. God would never just give you the desire to do something unless he was willing to give you the power to accomplish his desire. Philippians 2.13, the Apostle Paul is not saying it would be easy, but he is saying that God has given us the power to do his will. I was thinking about that thought. I would never ask, when my children were growing up, I would have never asked one of my children to do something in their life that I knew that was impossible for them to do. It was beyond their capabilities. I wouldn't have done that to them. Now, I think that would be cruel. Okay, do this. I know that they can't do it. That's, that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that to your kids. I mean, you want, but I did give them things to do that I knew that was, worth, that was within their abilities. I wanted them. To, why would I do that? Because I wanted them to grow. I wanted them to mature. I wanted them to develop. I wanted them out of my house. You know what I'm saying? So they need to continue to grow. They need to continue to develop. They need, and so I continue. And see, God does that for us. He continues to give us, but not without his power. So he's going to give us something, the ability to do something. And he says, hey, I'm going to give you my power with it so that you can accomplish it. Because I don't want you to fail. The worst thing that you could do as a parent is to, to, to do something that you know that they're going to fail in. That's not, that's cruel, right? You know what else is cruel? Is to never give your children something to do that they can succeed in. Just to say, well, you know, and they just, they never do anything in life. See, God wants us to get past that area of our life where we're stuck one foot here and we're stuck one foot here and we're going nowhere. God says, no, 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 it's time. Take your foot. Follow after me. And he gives us the power to move that foot. He gives us the power to say no to sin and to overcome sin so we can have success in our life. Listen to some of the following scriptures. We're coming to a close. If you're hungry, just hold on. Jesus was hungry for 40 days. You can hang on for another hour. Listen to some of the following scriptures. Ephesians 2.10, the apostle Paul writes, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he has planned for us long ago. God has a plan for your life. 
It's not a plan that's filled with bad things. It's a plan filled with good things. Look at Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to, say this with me, according to the power at work within us. That's the Holy Spirit. We need to put our dreamers on, guys. We need to start dreaming again. God, what are you asking me to do that is beyond my limitations, but I know by the power of your spirit I can accomplish because you're with me through this. This whole scripture, if you read that whole chapter in Ephesians 3, you'll recognize that this scripture is referring to God's church. He's referring to the church. It's God's people. See, I, there is nothing in the Bible where I see that God wants to have a limited church. God wants that church that is unlimited, beyond the walls. A church that's, that stretches beyond economic walls, beyond social barriers, beyond political opinion, beyond racial bigotry. God wants his church to reach all people. God has given us the power to create an environment to see what God can do through people. And I want to be a people. I want to be a church that lives this limitless life through his power. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 4.13, says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So let me ask you this question as we come to a, a close. For the third time. Let me ask you this question. Have you placed any limits on your life? Has God ever given you a dream and you've kind of just let it die because you just... Have you, have you been in the waiting area for too long? You know, have you ever, have you ever gone to, you know, the doctor's office or worst one is waiting for your car to get fixed and you're in the waiting area and you're just waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Pretty soon you just get discouraged. You get up and you leave. I was at the bank the other day, and there was people in line, and you know they only had one person in the bank at a time. I'm thinking, really? I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I have money to give them. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Finally, just gave up. I just got back in my car, drove off. I just didn't have enough time to wait. Sometimes spiritually, we get dreams, we get ideas, we get thoughts, we get, you know, man, I want my child to serve the Lord. I want dreams in our hearts and the deep of our thoughts. I want a new promotion at my work. I want to have more freedom in, more, in my time schedule so that I can serve the Lord with more of my life than I've ever been able to do. And you start having these dreams, and they're God-given dreams that start to just place on you and place on you. But you're in that waiting period, and all of a sudden you just get tired. I want to declare to you today that the power of the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's living with you and He can empower you to get through that waiting period. Do you think it was easy for Jesus to wait for the cross? To know that the cross was His, was his destiny while He was here on earth? And He waited to come? I know that He knew that beyond the cross there was so much more because He knew that we, He knew He was going to be resurrected. But that was a tough wait. In your life, by the power of God in you, you can wait for the promise that God has given you. And you believe with all your heart, not in fear, full of faith that God is going to complete the work that He has promised in your life. Don't allow sin. I'm going to share some here because I see this too often. Oh my gosh. See this way too often. Don't allow sin to rob you of what God has promised you. What happens sometimes is in that waiting period, all of a sudden we get discouraged and something opens up and we take a left-hand turn towards that. No, no, no. 
follow the Spirit of God. Be obedient to the Spirit of God, and you watch what He will do in and through your life. Freedom is found in God's Spirit. Amen? Last scripture for you, and I'm going to close now. Romans 6, 4. Apostle Paul says, For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. We are called to live new lives in Jesus Christ. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is powerful, it is effective, and it is life-changing. God, we embrace the power of your spirit here today as a church. We ask more of you, Lord God, more of your anointing, more of your power in our life. Not just in our church, but God, when we see the church, we know the church is us. So God, we want it in our life so each and every day we are never without your spirit. We have that promise. Help us, Lord God, be led by your spirit in our workplace, in our school. Lord God, wherever we might be, in our home, Lord God, in our conversations, Lord God, with our friends, help us to be led by your spirit in every area of our life so that you can fulfill, that you can fulfill the destiny that you have for our life. I ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. God good? I say that all the time, but he's always good, so I can keep saying it. That last scripture, before we go into worship for just another half a song, that last scripture in Romans 6, 4 says, For we, we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. The Apostle Paul, next week we're doing water baptisms. And maybe you've never understood what that means or whatever. As a pastor, I want to explain for just a couple seconds. Next week, we're going to have a tank up here in the front. It's going to be filled with water. We're going to have people that are going to come in and make a decision that, you know what, I need to follow after Christ. Maybe they've been following Christ, but they've never made a public declaration. And Paul says these, these words. He says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And what that really means is that we, we make a, a decision. I make a decision. I remember when I got baptized. I made a decision. I'm following after Jesus Christ. And in that water baptism is a public declaration. Just like Christ would died on the cross, he went into the ground... And three days later, he came out of that tomb, fully resurrected by the power of God. When we make that decision, we're going into the death of Christ. But when we come out of that water, we are a new... Some of you might need to make that step of water baptism. A public declaration. I am following after Christ and nothing's going to stop me because the Spirit of God is going to continue to lead me. If you want to make that public declaration, next week is your opportunity. Come and be a part of that. We have the t-shirts. We have the things. Just bring some shorts. We have towels. Bring a towel. We're going to be water baptizing. I hope I, hope I can't even preach that there's enough people to just keep water baptizing people. They're making a public declaration. I'm going to follow after Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.